Do you know what you should be doing when it comes to your diet and health, but struggle with the getting it done part? Bodymetrics is excited to bring back Jumpstart, a six-week health and weight loss class that focuses on education and accountability. The class includes six weeks of live teachings, exercise plans, sample meal plans, daily motivation emails, and a free 30-minute private session with one of our dietitians. The class starts March 2nd, perfect timing to recommit to your health goals and get ready for summer. To reserve your spot or find out more details, visit bodymetricspa.com forward slash jumpstart. Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Today we're going to talk about the topic, should I stop eating carbohydrates to lose weight? So let me know if this story resonates with you because it's one I see often. Somebody will come into my office. They will have heard that they are not allowed to eat carbohydrates because carbs make them fat. So they swear off all carbohydrates and they might lose some weight, but then they fall off the wagon. They had a carb at a party or they had a carb on a holiday and They had more carbs than they should. They blew it. So they ate a little bit more carbs that night because they already messed up. So they might as well keep going. They get on the scale the next day. The scale goes up. They panic. They freak out. Oh my goodness. This is why I can't eat carbs. Every time I eat a carbohydrate, I gain weight. And then because they're panicking, there's two options that will happen. They either swear to double down and get even more strict and, you know, continue to take all the carbs out of their diet or because they feel so bad about their weight gain, they decide tomorrow I'm going to get even more strict. And so then that day they decide to eat everything in the house that's a carbohydrate because if I'm gonna have to restrict tomorrow, then I might as well binge today and get it all out of my system so that I don't have those stumbling blocks in front of me tomorrow when I'm trying to be good or when I'm trying to take everything out of my diet and get serious. Do you ever notice that? Have you ever fallen into that category where you have those same mindsets where you're gonna swear something off It's really, really hard only to eat it, feel bad, decide to eat all of it, get it out of your system, and then try again. That is a recipe for failure. Because there's a couple reasons why. First of all, taking anything out of your diet is usually not recommended. We're going to talk about it more in a little bit. Um, 
But whenever, whenever you tell yourself, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to do more, I'm going to be more restrictive tomorrow, it automatically sets your brain up to want to do all the things now and get it out of your system. I once heard this statement, tomorrow never comes, right? You told yourself tomorrow yesterday. So we do more damage going off the rails, trying to get, excuse me, trying to get everything out of our system so that we can, so we can be better the next day. And all we do is continue that cycle over and over and over again. And some people may even notice that the more they fall into the cycle, that each time they try to get serious the results are actually less and less. Like it gets harder to lose weight with each successive time. It requires more discipline. It requires more restriction. And that's because the body's like, hey, we've been here before. We know what you're doing. She's trying to shut things down. So let's try to protect ourselves because we're not sure when we're going to get fed again. That's called starvation mode. And so the question, should I stop eating carbohydrates for weight loss? The short answer, if you don't feel like listening to this whole episode, the answer is, oh, heck no. You should definitely not stop eating carbohydrates for weight loss. But if you want to understand the why behind it and actually get helpful tips to you know, help you coexist with carbs, then stick around because we're going to go through all that today. So the first thing I need you to understand, if you get nothing else from this episode, I need you to understand that not all carbs are created equal. There are simple carbohydrates, which we know as sugar, and there are complex carbohydrates, which we know as fiber. I've done a couple episodes in the past about this. Um, Last week, I did a whole episode on sugar. We talked about Valentine's Day. So if you want more information about that, go back and listen to last week's episode. I'm not going to go into it again today. But I just want you to know that not all carbs are created equal. So to lump all carbs as one category, it's like saying that frosted flakes is the same as oatmeal. That's just not true. One has a ton of sugar, one has a ton of fiber, one has a ton of nutrients, one does not. So to lump all carbohydrates in one category and treat them all the same, it's actually doing a disservice to you because it's eliminating some really key foods that is going to give you variety so that you don't get bored, you're going to miss out on some nutrients. So let's actually go into that. What are the risks of taking out carbohydrates in your diet? And for some of you, you've tried this already. You tried keto diet. You've tried Atkins diet. And so you may have even experienced some of these symptoms in your quest to try no carb. So the first thing, I'm going to give you six of them. The first one is you're going to feel exhausted. You're going to feel like a train hit you. And that's because carbohydrates give you energy. They give you fuel. They were designed to be broken down. Um, Some break down quicker than others, but they are designed to be easily broken down and converted into energy. That is their purpose. Most people come into my office, they're exhausted all day long. They're relying on coffee or Red Bulls to get them through. And some of those times it's because they're not eating enough carbohydrates to give them energy. 
they're running on fumes and then they're confused why they don't feel good and why they don't have any energy. You look at a elite marathon runner. What is their diet? Carbs. If they want to finish a race, they've got to have the energy to do so. And so I want you to start equating carbohydrates with energy instead of linking carbohydrates to weight gain. Because it's just not true. Now we'll go into why does it seem that you gain weight when you eat a carb. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I want you to just stick with me here. So first of all, excuse me, you are going to feel exhausted if you take carbs out of your diet because you are cutting off the fuel source. You are telling your body that you are not allowed to have energy, so figure it out on your own. Our body doesn't like that. It's just it works better when we give our body what it needs. The second thing you're going to notice is you get hangry, right? You get irritable. This happens when people's blood sugar gets too low. This happens when people don't eat enough carbs. What happens is when the blood sugar gets low, it causes your adrenal glands, those are, um, they sit right on top of your kidneys, to release two hormones, epinephrine and cortisol. And both of these hormones heighten the whole fight or flight response. They make us want to take action. They give us a little bit of agitation so we do something. And so hanger which is being hungry when you're, or being angry when you're hungry, is a result of those two hormones getting produced by the adrenal glands. It's supposed to help you take action and have a little chip on your shoulder so you actually do what you're supposed to do. And so people will notice if they take carbs out of their diet, they are a lot more irritable or hangry. Another thing that can happen if you take carbs out of your diet is you're gonna get constipated. Guys, you know how much I love talking about poop. I did a whole entire episode on it. Constipation is not fun. It makes you feel bloated and heavy and uncomfortable. Plus it hurts, right? Nobody willingly wants to put themselves in that situation. Everybody feels better after they've gone to the bathroom. But guess what? Fiber is an integral part of helping you go to the bathroom. So if you remove all carbs from your diet, I want you to make sure you plan to be constipated. Plan to feel bloated, plan to feel uncomfortable, plan to be in pain, because that is what is gonna happen when you take it out. All right, what's another thing that can happen when you stop eating carbs? Brain fog. Your brain prefers glucose. That's what your brain runs on, to think, to focus, to have clarity to be able to come up with words, to be able to um, think intelligently. Your brain runs on glucose. It doesn't run on protein. It doesn't run on fat. It runs on carbs. And so if you need to be at your best, if you need to be sharp and you need to be coherent for work or for your family, then taking carbs out of your diet is absolutely going to put you at risk for not doing it well. All right, what else here? Ah, you could get a vitamin deficiency. So believe it or not, foods with carbohydrates in them, they actually come with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, things that are really good for our bodies and help us run more smoothly. And if you don't have enough vitamins in your body, then your body has pretty much got to break itself down and try to make it itself. And some vitamins, it can do that, and some, it can't. 
Some are essential. You can only get them through your diet. I'm a big fan of not making my body work harder than it has to. Just simply because I put a lot of stress on my body just naturally, whether it be through work or through exercise or, um, you know, stress with my family. You know, I don't need to make my body work any harder because I'm not giving it the proper nutrients to function at its best. I can't not function at my best. It doesn't work. (laughs) My kids get the worst of me. My clients get the worst of me. It's not an option. So in order to get my nutrient needs met, I absolutely have to make sure I'm eating well so that I can perform everything I need to perform. And speaking of nutrients, the um, actually the new dietary guidelines came out, uh, the 2020 to 2025 dietary guidelines. If you're wondering if you're meeting your nutrient needs, go ahead and schedule an appointment with one of our dietitians. Uh, we're all well versed in what those guidelines look like right now. They're different depending on your age and your sex. And um, if you're like, huh, am I really getting what I need? Am I getting the right amount of dark greens every week or the right amount of red vegetables each week or any of that stuff? We can help you uh, determine, you know, are you at least meeting the baseline requirements for health? All right. And finally, the last one is if you don't eat enough carbohydrates, your workouts are going to suffer. Again, this goes back to that energy. Carbs are the body's preferred fuel source. They can be broken down fairly quickly and be converted and utilized as energy. And so if you don't give your body fuel, then you're going to notice that you're going to get tired early. You're going to fatigue early in your workouts. You're going to notice that your strength is compromised because you can't lift as much because you got no energy. You got no glycogen. You got no storage. You got no gas in the tank. And so if exercise is something that's part of your routine, which I absolutely recommend, if not, not, don't take weight loss out of the equation, just for overall health, cardiovascular health, stress management, sleeping, all those things, like exercise is tremendous. If we could bottle up all the positive effects of exercise into a pill, it would undoubtedly be the number one prescribed medication in the world. And it's available to all of us for free. We can just walk. We don't even need a gym. I know these gyms are closed. They're open. They're closed. They're open. Um, By the time this episode airs, I don't know where we're going to be. But walking is available to all of us. If you do not have a safe place to walk outside, you can use your stairs. You can use your house. You can go to a mall. You do not need the weather to be 70 and sunny to walk. You can grab a coat. You can grab a hat. All right. And I'm not trying to belittle you here, but I'm just saying like we have all these excuses of why we can't. And yet this um, feeling better and feeling our best and it's all available to us. We just got to take it and not put up those excuses. But you know what? That's probably an another episode. So stay on track here. All right. So let's talk about what happens. So carbohydrates, when you eat one gram of carbohydrate, it's four calories. When you eat one gram of protein, it's four calories. When you eat one gram of fat, it's nine calories. 
Okay, so if you're ever wondering how to calculate calories on a nutrition facts label, that's how it works. Carbs and proteins are four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. If you take carbs out of your diet, your body has to get energy from somewhere else. Where do you think it's going to pull from? Do you think it's going to pull from protein or do you think it's going to pull from fat? All of us want to say fat because that's what we want to hear. Oh, if I don't eat carbs, I will just use fat as my fuel source. And I would love for that to be true. But initially, that's not how it works. Initially, your body's always going to pick the path of least resistance. It's a lot easier to break down four calories per gram than nine calories per gram. So it's going to go to protein. Where is your protein stored? In your muscles. So in order to uh, access protein for energy because you're not giving yourself enough carbs and you got to get it from somewhere if you want to walk or work or live, your body's going to go to the path of least resistance. It's going to go to your muscle cells and it's going to break down that muscle cell. Now a muscle cell is 70% water. So every time you break down a muscle cell in order to extract protein to get energy, you are releasing a lot of water because 70% of that cell is water. You stop eating carbs and your body starts breaking down muscle and you, guess what? You're going to see the scale go down. And the reason you're going to see the scale go down is because you're losing water. This is really, really important to understand. You are losing water. Now, we as people, when we jump on the scale, we don't know what we're losing. We just see the number go down and think, hey, it's working. I should continue doing this. We don't know the composition of what we're losing. We don't know if we're losing muscle. We don't know if we're losing fat. We don't know if we're losing water. We just see the scale go down. So therefore, we think what we're doing must be fat. I must be losing fat. But you're not. You're losing water. That's why on all those shows like The Biggest Loser or anything that we grew up watching, you know, they have like a 15-pound weight loss the first week. It's water. It's not fat. They're not losing fat that quickly. Now, you're trying to get, work your way through not eating carbs, and all of a sudden you go somewhere and you have a cookie. Or you have a sandwich because that's all that was there and you were starving. And you get on the scale the next day, and the scale goes up two pounds. See? This is why I can't eat carbs. Every time I eat carbs, I gain weight. You didn't gain fat. In order to gain weight, it's roughly 3,500 calories. Did you eat 3,500 calories above and beyond what you needed the day prior when you ate that sandwich? Probably not. That sandwich was probably 700 calories. It was not 3,500 calories. But here's the important thing to know. When you eat carbohydrates, for every gram of carbohydrate you eat, it brings in three grams of water to digest that carb. So actually what you're seeing on the scale is a fluid shift. You're seeing a fluid shift. So what you thought you were losing as fat was actually water. And what you gained what you thought was fat was actually water. All you're doing is watching fluid shifts on the scale. 
And if we understood that, if we knew that, we wouldn't put so much faith and emphasis in what that number says. But if you don't know that information, then anytime you see the scale move, you're going to freak out. We have to understand the science of how our body works. Because if we can have a, if we can be more clear-minded around what's happening, we're not going to react so I don't want to say crazy, but we're not going to act so crazy whenever we see a shift because we're going to understand what happened. Now, the danger of breaking down a muscle cell is not just releasing water, but your metabolism is based on how much muscle is in your body. This is why guys just look at a treadmill and they can lose five pounds. They have more muscle mass than females. Women We have more fat because if we're ever going to grow a person inside of us, we need to make sure that we can sustain our life in addition to growing theirs. It's how we were designed. You don't get to make the rules up. God already decided how our bodies were designed. That's how it works. But if you are getting angry because your husband lost 10 pounds or your boyfriend lost 10 pounds and he didn't even do anything and you've been struggling for months, you've got to understand your composition is different. It's going to be different. The risk of breaking down muscle to convert it into fuel because you're not giving your body fuel to begin with is you start messing with your metabolism. Your metabolism is rooted in how many calories you're going to burn at rest. If you start decreasing your metabolism, then you start decreasing how many calories you burn throughout the day. And this is why, this is exactly why each time you diet, it gets harder. Every time you crash diet or every time you try to take something out of your diet and be very, very restrictive, your body is in protection mode. You start messing with your muscle, you start messing with your metabolism, the next time you try to lose weight, it's not going to budge because you're starting out with a slower metabolism than you did the time prior. And for some of you, you have been yo-yo dieting a very long time. Can you imagine what your metabolism is like at this point? It's in the tank. And no wonder you get frustrated. Of course you would be frustrated because you're doing all these great things and the results are coming so slowly. They're not coming fast enough. They're not coming as fast as that commercial promised you. And so let's talk about what we can do. All right. For some of you, you've been yo-yo dieting for a long time which by the way is terrible for your heart. So if nothing else, we just need to, first of all, we need to gain education. We need to understand how the body works so we can look at this differently. That's number one. And hopefully this episode has helped you. All right. We need to be aware that every time we try to get super restrictive, it actually messes up our metabolism. And If we want to be successful, if we want to have any long-term results, if we want to be able to go into maintenance and not have to basically, you know, deprive ourselves of carbs for the rest of our life, then we've got to figure out how to coexist with them in a better way. You know, if, if I were to ask you, what do you think is the most healthy food out there? 
you probably would say fruits and vegetables. I mean, anytime, you know, whenever you see somebody diagnosed with cancer, what do they start doing? Increasing their fruits and vegetables. They start juicing. They start eating foods with lots of nutrients in it and antioxidants in it to help fight. Now, what if I told you that fruits and vegetables are primarily carbohydrates? Would you take them out of your diet? If you said they are the healthiest food out there, but yet I'm telling you that, you know, a piece of fruit, a serving of fruit has 15 grams of carbohydrate in it. A serving of vegetable has five grams of carbohydrate in it. When you look at their makeup between carbs, proteins, and fats, fruit is all carbs. Vegetables is mostly carbs, a little bit of protein. Would you take them out of your diet, even though intuitively and at your core, you know they are the healthiest foods out of there, out there? Why would you take it out? Right? I just told you, carbohydrates can provide nutrients. They provide fiber. They provide energy. They make you feel good. Why would you take that out of your diet knowing that you're not going to be able to sustain that for any length of time? And we get short-sighted. We're like, I just want this weight off. I just want to do whatever I need to do, and then I'll figure it out. That's not how it works. It's not. You have to figure it out as you go. You can't lose the weight and then figure it out. That's how you regain the weight. So if you love yo-yo dieting, then just stick with doing the deprivation, doing the crazy restriction, and keep telling yourself you'll figure it out after you lose the weight. That is the perfect recipe for yo-yo dieting. But if you want to figure out how do I coexist with carbs, how do I have them in my diet but in a healthy way, then we got to figure it out now and not wait till the end. That's how we get results. That's how we have maintenance. That's how we have health. All right. So I'm going to give you three action tips you can do right now. Number one, I need you to focus more on the type of carbohydrate versus eliminating all of them and putting them all into one category. So we need to talk about what are healthy carbs. They're ones with fiber. They're ones with nutrients. They're ones that make you feel good and have energy. You know, oats and sweet potatoes and whole grains and beans and fruits and vegetables. Those are all fabulous carbs that your body can utilize and work with and make you feel amazing. We've got to be able to figure out how to coexist with them. And again, if you're struggling with this, I highly recommend you set up an appointment with a dietitian. If not our practice, find a practice that you can join. We've got to figure this out. I had a patient last night. She said, I can never eat bread. If I, eat, if I have a loaf of bread, I'll eat the entire loaf of bread. That's a problem, right? But a lot of us feel that way. We feel like we can't trust ourselves with carbs. And a lot of times it's because we're labeling carbs as bad. Go back to my episode two weeks ago. It tells you all about it. We've got to figure this out, guys, and we've got to do it now and not wait till the end. We've got to be able to coexist with them. Not all carbs are evil. 
And all carbs are not created equal. So stop lumping them all into one category and telling yourself you need to get rid of all of them. All right, number two. Lower carb diets may work for some, but you've got to figure out what can you sustain. I remember when the food guide pyramid told us we need to eat 12 servings of carbohydrates or starches every day. That may have been a little more than what the average person needs. But in defense of the food guide pyramid, it was trying to be all-encompassing. So it was trying to include athletes and it was trying to include growing um, teens. Um, it wasn't for everybody, but it was trying to be for everybody, if that makes sense. And so some people feel better on a low-carb diet. And that's great. The bottom line is what can you sustain? Not what can you do for three days or what can you do for two weeks before you fall off the wagon? The question is, what can you do for the rest of your life? And that may not be no carb. It may be lower carb or it may be moderate carb. But remember, I told you the yo-yo dieting is terrible for your body, terrible for your heart. It whacks out all your hormones, which makes weight loss even harder. So let's figure out something you can do for the rest of your life. And remember that number one question I always tell my clients or ask my clients is, can you see yourself doing this five years from now? Because if the answer is no, please do not start something you have no intention of finishing. You have to remember that what gets you there keeps you there. So if you tell yourself you're going to restrict all carbs, and then once you lose the weight, then you'll reintroduce carbs back in, it's not going to work. You're going to gain the weight back. You have to figure out what works because what gets you there keeps you there. You're going to be doing it for the rest of your life. So make sure you like it. Make sure you can actually do it. Otherwise, just setting yourself up again. It's worse to yo-yo. It's worse on your body to yo-yo than it is to do this slowly, the right way, the first time. And maybe it's not your first time. Maybe it's your hundredth time, but that's all right. We'll do it together. All right, number three, last tip. Bottom line is how do you feel at the end of the day? I don't care how your neighbor feels. I don't care how your sister-in-law feels. I don't care how the girl on the Instagram commercial felt feels when she does no carb. I don't care about any of those people. I care about how you feel. Right? Number one, can you sustain it? But number two, what is your body telling you? Is it telling you it needs more? Is it telling you it needs less? Is it telling you you're just right? How are your energy levels? How's your sleep? How are your workouts? How are your bathroom habits? How is your mental focus and clarity? How is all that? That's going to tell you if you're doing the right thing or not. Not some, you know, advertisement or some, you know, whatever, marketing ploy by some diet. Not your neighbor who's trying to get you to join her program. I don't care how any of those people feel. I care how you feel. All right. Okay. So let's go to your recipe this week. Um, I'm actually grabbing the recipe off of the website runningonrealfood.com. 
So we made these oh, a while back. I think my sister-in-law sent me this recipe, um, chickpea veggie burgers. And guys, they are delicious. They really are. So do not let chickpea burgers scare you and think, oh, here's some foo-foo food um, that only vegans eat. No, this is actually really good. Um, so I'm going to give you the recipe, but I cannot take credit for this one. Uh, this comes from the website runningonrealfood.com. So for this recipe, you're going to need two cups of chickpeas, which is basically the equivalent of one 19-ounce can. You want to make sure you rinse and drain them, and then you're going to mash them with the back of a fork. But you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. So just go ahead and write down one can of chickpeas drained, uh, rinsed and drained. Uh, next, you're going to need a half of a red onion, finely diced, one small zucchini, grated, three tablespoons of finely chopped cilantro, three tablespoons of red wine vinegar, one tablespoon of sriracha, two tablespoons of natural peanut butter, one teaspoon of cumin, one teaspoon of garlic powder, two teaspoons of black pepper, a half a teaspoon of salt, one cup of quick oats, and you can do gluten-free here if you need to, and two tablespoons of olive oil. All right. So again, after you drain and rinse those chickpeas, uh, you want to place them in a bowl and mash them with a fork, um, or you can put them in a food processor and mash them that way or use an immersion blender. Uh, I just, I have one of those, like just a potato masher that I used, uh, and it worked great. Um, next, you're going to add all the other ingredients to the bowl and use your hands to mix it. Guys, you know how much I love recipes where you just dump everything into the bowl and that's it. Like you cannot get any simpler with these. Uh, then you're going to form them into six to eight patties, depending on what size you're looking for. Uh, you can either grill these for 10 minutes on each side. Uh, I just stick them in my oven. Uh, literally, uh, I just, uh, use some cooking spray so they wouldn't stick. And then I put them in the 400 degree oven for 10 minutes on each side and they were perfect. So simple, so easy, so tasty. Guys, you've got to try this recipe. And if you do, let me know because I want to know if you enjoyed it as much as I do. All right, guys. Well, I just appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. Uh, just so excited to share uh, these nutrition tidbits with you so that you can be successful in your own health journey. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.